We are continuing our series on Psalm 23. I would like for us to start uh, this morning with the reading of the scripture. Uh, so that should be up. Rylan, can you get that up there for me? All right, let's uh, read it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's go to our Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you truly are our shepherd. And in you we have everything that we need. So where our souls can say that we are refreshed, where our hearts can say we are refreshed in you. That our faces would find comfort and solace and peace and happiness and joy. We could lie down in green pastures and satisfaction. Lord, that the still waters would, would give us peace. Lord, let your spirit comfort us today as we wrestle with the valley of the shadow of death. Call us to peace and comfort, knowing that in the deepest of our despair and our grief and our sadness, we fear nothing because you are with us. So please, Lord, call us to attention to your promises, to your comforting uh, presence, grace for today, to know you love us and cherish us. Lord, thank you for being our shepherd. Lead us now in your spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. I've needed Psalm 23. I imagine that um, that you all have had fears in your life, and the comfort of Psalm 23 reminds us that uh, that God is with us, and that we will fear no evil, even though there is difficulty. Uh, I don't know if you had this experience uh, when you went to high school as a freshman, uh, but in Kalkaska. Um, we weren't really much bigger than uh, Triton, as far as people are concerned, uh, but we had our own high school, and so I went from junior high, uh, middle school, I went to the high school, and the first two weeks of school, I had so much anxiety and fear that I was going to miss the class, that I was going to uh, uh, forget my locker combination, and uh, there were so many like fears that I had. I was I feeling like I was a ripe target from seniors to get rolled up into carpet 
or get a swirly. Uh, do any of the kids know what a swirly is anymore? You get your head into the toilet and you get a new hairstyle. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, much to your uh, dismay, it would, uh, you know, you be disappointed that I didn't ever get a swirly. I never got the, rolled up into a carpet. But uh, I walked around the school with the map of the school. It was a rectangle. I walked around uh, with the map in hand from class to class for two weeks. Uh, this is not an exaggeration. So, like, the fear, like, really set in. And so I was a ripe target to get beat up. I mean, I, I know that. Uh, but thankfully, when I was a freshman, my older brother was a senior, and the only person allowed to beat me up was him. And there was a protection there that he was present and available. So I am grateful for that. Uh, but I, I know that th those fears that we have um, as we grow into adulthood, uh, those are pretty adolescent fears, but the fears that we have that go with us, we have fears about our marriage, fears about our finances, our work, just in that personally, and then you start adding on all of the other things, and maybe that's already just bringing it up has raised uh, your heart rate as it raises mine. And we have other fears. We have not just fears of outside things, but we have our own internal fears, fears of our acceptance, fears of loneliness, fears uh, that we aren't loved or that we're unlovable. We have all of these things about our brokenness that we are fearful even of their exposure and that people would see who we feel as though we actually are. And these fears are things that we wrestle with constantly, even as Christians. And I know, that, uh, I know that fear is a very real problem. But Psalm 23 gives us this comfort, this guidance that says that the Lord really is our shepherd and that he really does go with us. And because he is with us and he is present, we can know that we fear no evil. And this morning I want to talk about no longer fearing evil and being comforted in the presence of God. I love this little cartoon. Rylan, would you hit the next button over? That's a sheep. And, uh, and that's probably a perfect rendition of Jesus. I think that's what he looked like. Uh, thanks for laughing at that. It's the sh just the sheep. It says, I'm with him. And I just, if you get anything out of today, I, I think it's this cartoon. But uh, you, can, you can leave that hang up there if you want, Rylan. That's good. It says, I'm with him. And I kind of think, Jesus is with me. This morning is just the simple reminder that the presence of Christ goes with us. In the face of all of our fears, in the valley of the shadow of death, Christ is with us. And it, it's a good thing to remind us as we read slowly through Psalm 23 and re, we remind ourselves that even though we are in the valley of the shadow of death, it is not something that we stay in, it is something that we go through. In the face of darkness, in the face of evil, in the face of all of our fears, God is present and with us, and he sees us, and he sees us through. And so, uh, one of my favorite stories in the Bible comes out of Exodus, and it's in Exodus 33, and it's kind of 32, 33, 34, kind of all this cohesive thing going on. But basically, Moses has gotten uh, to the point where the Israelites are out of the wilderness, or, I'm sorry, not out of the wilderness. They are out of Egypt, and they are wandering in the wilderness. 
And there is this tension going on because the Israelites have just turned their hearts from God and they've worshipped the golden calf and they said, this is the God that delivered us out of Egypt, which is a direct insult to God because obviously it was uh, Yahweh, the Lord, their God, that delivered them out of Egypt. Well, So there is this tension that is going between Moses and God. And God says, my presence is not going to go with you anymore. And Moses appropriately thinks, this is a big problem. (laughs) Like, uh uh-oh, SpaghettiOs, right? I don't know if he said that or not. Probably not. But then Moses then starts pleading his case. And says, you know, is this the reason why you, you brought us out of Egypt? So that we could just go through this valley and, and die this death? And so Moses has very real fears. And he says, if you don't go with us, we are in big trouble. And God says, okay, you've made your point. I will go with you. And he says in Exodus thirty three fifteen. That if you don't go with us, then don't send us anywhere. There's no point to it. You, we have to go with your presence. We have to go with you. And so this, so then obviously God does go with them in this pillar of cloud um, during the day, pillar or uh, cloud of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night, and He leads the Israelites, and the, and He cares for them. And his presence goes with them. We get a sense of God's presence throughout Scripture. That God is trying to do something. To reconcile, to reunite him with his people. And we think about sin is separation. Well, grace is reunion. Sin is the brokenness and the fear and the despair. And grace is reunion so that we have the presence of God in our life. Sometimes we we get a little confused about sin and grace, and if we would just talk about it as separation and reunion. The comfort of knowing that Christ is present with you, and he cares for you, and he gave his life for you, reminding ourselves of these promises. In the story of Scripture, when we get Jesus, we, we hear the birth story and Christmas, and who's ready for Christmas? I think we can start Christmas early this year. You, no one will give any sort of pushback. If you, kick on the, if you kick on the Christmas music, I don't think anyone's going to be upset. Unless it's like, you know, the, all the Santa Claus ones. Not those Christmas songs, but Emmanuel. You know, just God being with us. The story of Christmas is the story of Christ, uh, the Son of God, and His presence with His people. They call Him Emmanuel. And we are reminded that God goes with his people and he cares for us so much so that he comes in human flesh and in the incarnation, the Christmas story. Jesus, in his parting words, he ascends the mountain in Matthew 28 and he tells his disciples that I am departing, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm ascending, I'm going to the Father. And he gives the great commission to go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And the closing promise of Christ is to say to his people, and say it with me if you know it, and surely I will be with you to the very end of the age. I will be with you. 
I'm with him, and he's with me. He's with you. In the face of all of our fears and the very real fears that we go through in the darkest of valleys and the most difficulty and the despair that we are going through, we can fear no evil, for God is with us. It says that his rod and his staff, they comfort us. Now, you probably know and are aware, the rod and staff, they're two different items. The rod is the uh, protection for the sheep. And so if there was an enemy, if there was a wolf or whatever that is in the, in the picture, the club, his rod was a club that he could beat back the enemy. And the staff is to guide and comfort and lead the sheep, correct them and rebuke them. And it is these two items in the hand of the shepherd which become great comfort to the sheep to know that they are protected and that he is present. That he will protect them and he is present with them. And sometimes I feel like the staff becomes a little bit of a prodding tool when God seems to need to beat me upside the head. I feel like Maybe I have a few lumps on my head from the shepherd's staff. And maybe you feel that way too, and maybe we can have like a little support group after. Of my ego, of my pride, of my control. And if I were to give you a very honest assessment of my soul right now, I would tell you it's hurting. That Psalm 23 is as much for me a series as it is for you to remind myself that his rod and staff will comfort me. That he is present and he will protect. That I can go through valleys. There's something sort of poetic in the imagery of the disciples who are standing on the mountain who will go from that place where Jesus says, I will be with you. And from that moment on, they will do some of the most incredible things of their lives, and they will also face some of the greatest suffering and the greatest persecution that they could ever imagine because they follow Jesus. And the world would be against them, the world would oppose them, the world would threaten their very lives and take their lives. They would descend the mountain and go through the valley, and they would have trust and strength and comfort in knowing that Jesus is with them. And the story of Scripture is this promise that God is working to reunite each and every one of us with Him. That one day Christ will descend again and He will find us in the valley of death and we will no longer fear evil because He is with us and He will comfort us and He will wipe every tear from our eyes. And death will be no more. That's Revelation 21, where it's all pointing, is saying that we can be comforted in knowing that our Savior is coming to reunite us with Him, to be present with us and to care for us. We have to have this hope in the face of our fears, to know that He will see us through, that His rod and His staff is there to comfort us. Sometimes the staff feels like uh, it's not there to comfort us. 
that maybe I'm a little obstinate. I don't know if you picked up on that or not. Borderline stubborn. Maybe we all have a collective sort of problem with that, where it's about our will and what we want. And I feel like the shepherd is taking us and saying, would you trust me again to lead you to the still waters? Would you trust me again to lead you to green pastures? Would you trust me again to see you through this valley, to know that you're going to be okay? Trust and know that he will protect you and he's present with you. And so when the Lord is our shepherd, he leads us. The Lord, when he is our shepherd, he feeds us. And the Lord as our shepherd, he protects us. He is present. We are promised in Scripture that we receive the Holy Spirit, that we have His presence with us. And it fills us, and it fills us with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. I think the world needs more of Christ's Spirit, fruit, bearing witness and testimony in it. My conclusion for my message is maybe uh, a little bit out of left field. When I wrote it down, I thought, this is kind of crazy. We don't really talk about it enough. And this is not an invitation to sort of some self-righteous behavior. This is an invitation, and this is not something to tell people about or write a book about. And so I offer this as a sort of application to not appear as though I am righteous and I got it all figured out, but to offer it to us as something that Jesus actually tells us to go and do. He tells us when we go to pray to go into our room and close the door. I think we need more closed door prayer going on in our life. Everything seems to be a show. Everything is an appearance. Appearance of righteousness, a appearance of concern for others, appearances on social media that just paint a uh, rosy picture of how you're doing. And some of you aren't very good at painting rosy pictures. You should do a little better job of that. But uh, we need more Christians to close the door and let God preach a sermon to our hearts. Let the shepherd lead us and care for us. It's behind the closed doors where my obstinate heart and my stubborn mind and will, where Jesus most addresses those concerns. And so I would just ask that you would take time to close the door and pray. And maybe it's distracting even there. Maybe, uh, you know, don't use your den with the TV in it. Um, or uh, maybe put your phone on the outside of the wall. Maybe it's just bringing your Bible, maybe it's bringing a journal, and if you get a runaway thought, does anybody have rabbit trails in their prayer life? I don't, but I hear that people do. The best thing I can do is just write down the thought, and my, my mind can say it's written down, I don't need to keep telling you about it. It's almost this magical thing. As soon as you write it down, your mind can think about something else. 
It's an invitation to listen to Jesus. He knows something about our condition. He knows something about our hearts and our minds. And he says the very best thing that we can do when it comes to prayer is to set aside all of the showboating and all of the attention-seeking and all of the distractions and close the door and be with him. Where do you feel most present with Christ? I feel present with Christ when I'm with you. This is why this mattered to me so much and why I want it to be safe in something we have. Because when we're together in community, we feel the presence of God. And maybe when we're alone, we feel the presence of God as well. But we should be seeking out these moments in this time with Him. Because the very best thing for each of our souls, I believe, is to spend time with the shepherd. To know that He is seeing us through and He's with us. And so, I share with you that my heart hurts. And I know that all of ours does. Because the last several months have been incredibly hard. And the fears that we face are very real. And there's very real problems about safety and about concerns of family and future and when will things be restored and renewed. And friends, I don't have the answer to any of those questions on when, but I do know who is the answer to those questions. And we are a people who remember that he is with us and he is also coming to be fully with us. And a day is coming when he will see us all the way through. And death will be no more. So the Lord is our shepherd. And he is with us. And his rod and his staff, it comforts us. And even though we're in the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. Because he's with you. And he went to the valley of the shadow of death. And it didn't keep him. And because it didn't keep him, that same power and that same spirit that's alive in you, death won't keep you either. And so when we pray, let's pray with great confidence and knowing that the shepherd, well, he's with you. Let's pray. Father, we, we truly need you. And we thank you that though we have sinned and been separated from you, your grace has reunited us with you. It is your grace that has brought us together. It is your love, it is your mercy, Lord, that reunites us with you. And Lord, we come to you troubled, fearful, distraught, angry, anxious, frustrated, feeling a complete loss of control. And God, please gently remind us 
with your rod and your staff, that you are here, that you are protecting us, that you love us. Lord, help us to trust you, to know that you will see us through. Help us to feel your presence through your your spirit and bear that fruit in our lives. Lord, that Christians would be known for their joy, for their love, for their peace, for their patience, for their kindness, their goodness, their gentleness, their selflessness. Lord, let the testimony of our faith ring out that Jesus is Lord, and he's the Lord of our life. Lead us, Lord. Comfort us now. Thank you for being our shepherd. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. As we reflect now for communion, communion will be like we did last week. Um, The stuff I ordered mailed out on Friday, so I think we'll have it next week. Um, And reflecting on our life uh, in this text, and everything going on, Psalm 139 uh, comes as an encouraging word. Uh, in my NRSV, uh, they give a little tagline, headline, whatever, they label it. And the label for this text, Psalm 139, is the inescapable God. The inescapable God. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be too dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. Before one of them came to be, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Where I too count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. 
They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. My friend, uh, Ron Otto, shared this with me. One of his elders shared it with him. And it's a real comforting reminder about where we find ourselves in the face of our fears and in the face of difficulties. Shadows can't hurt us. The shadow of a sword does not cut us. And the shadow of a serpent does not bite us. And the shadow of death does not hold us. God is a God who leads us through the shadow of death and into his presence, into his loving arms. As we remember this time together, we will celebrate Christ and his love for us, his body broken and his blood shed for you, that the shadow of death would no longer hurt you because Christ has brought us through. Let's pray. God, thank you for leading us and loving us and giving us your son, Jesus. Thank you for his love, that we would be reunited with you. Thank you for seeing us through. Comfort us now and guide us, Lord. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.